1: What's happening, Rebels? Hope you're having a great week. The weekend is here, and if you're listening to this on Friday, August 9th, I am in Bartlesville, Oklahoma at the Culture Change event. Can't wait to see you all there. Great pod for you today, our friend Lisa Robertson on the podcast. It's a moms on the mic. The Atomic Mom, producer Kay, are hosting this one Talking about staying on the right path through all the ups and downs of motherhood and how to find good mentors. Two incredibly awesome topics for a podcast today. Today's podcast is brought to you by Save the and Care of at slash Rebel Parenting. All your supplements and vitamin needs taken care of in one easy place. Thank you to Save the Storks. We love this organization great pro-life organization. Let's jump into the podcast. Here is Lisa Robertson on today's edition of Rebel Parenting.
2: Hello, everybody. Welcome to Moms Moms on the Mic mic. with Kristen Chadwick (laughs) and I. And we are excited about our guest today, Lisa Robertson. She is just a wealth of wisdom that Mm -hmm. we are excited to just dive in and start asking you tons of questions. Right. Because we're newbies as moms. Well,
3: Fairly Kinda. newbies. Fairly
2: newbies. Yes. We're both hitting teenage years. Yes. <laughs> At the same time, we're about a week apart from each other. Yeah. yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, Lisa, I love how it was presented to us as a virtual mentor. And I love that because so many moms are craving mm-hmm. a mentor of like, please tell me you got through this season. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So. Yeah, we're just so thankful that you wrote this amazing book called mm-hmm. "The Path of
4: Life," right here. Where can you get this? Uh, you can get it on ChristianBooks.com, or Amazon, or Barnes and Noble, or all of those wherever clothes. books are sold. Awesome! Amazing. Oh, that's great.
3: <laughs> yeah. So let's dive in because, yeah. like she said, you have a wealth of knowledge that so many women can glean from. Thank you. Go for it. A lot of
4: experience.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
2: I just want to hear why you wrote this book. What inspired you to start? I mean, it's such a big topic, the path of life, and everyone wants to know they're on the right path. Please, I must be on the right path, or there's a path somewhere I'm following. Yeah. So what stirred in your heart to write it?
4: Well, I would say the first time I really heard about the path of life was when my husband and I were getting married and somebody sent us a wedding present. And it said, congratulations, Lisa and Tim, Psalm 1611. And I didn't know what Psalm 1611 said, so I Mm -hmm. thought it wasn't that nice. So by the time I got around to writing thank you notes, I thought, well, maybe I ought to look it up. And um... so I looked up Psalm 1611, and it says that God will make known the path of life. Mm
0: -hmm. In his
4: presence is fullness of joy and at his right hand are pleasures forever.
0: Mm-hmm. So here
4: I was, a brand-new bride. I'd grown up in Denver, Colorado. I'd gotten married and had just started a brand-new life as a bride in Virginia. Okay. And just the thought that God had a path of life, a path for me, and that he would show it to me was so comforting.
0: Mm-hmm. And because
4: I'd grown up west of Denver in the mountains of Colorado, I walked on a path to school. I walked on a path. Actually, I walked to preschool on a path. Aww. Every my friend's house everywhere I was on a path and so it was like this verse was so perfect for me because it was a path was something I was comfortable with familiar with confident about mm. and here I was saying stay with me I have a path for you and just like you took paths as a little girl now you're taking a new path as a new bride and mm. I loved it and it just meant a lot to me starting right then Wow. You
2: talked a little bit about the angst you had about getting married a little bit, about how you wanted to get married, and you loved him, and you knew he was the right one for you, but you also didn't want to leave home. Right. I, I, who
4: wants to leave Colorado? they right? pouring- <laughs> That's so <true. laughs> We're in Colorado, so we love it. Backwards. Yes. No. I, it was one of those things that I just knew that Tim was God's very best for me, and so I really wanted to be married to him because I knew that was God's. I just knew he was the one that God had for me, Mm. but I love my family. I loved Colorado and it was, you know, I love to ski. I love the outdoors. Mm, And yet, you know, I just know that there are changes in life and we have to be, you know, trust God to lead us. And one of the things I think my mom said to me that has just been one of the most important things guiding my life is that, she said, as we were—I guess I might have been—the morning I was getting married, and she said, "You know, I know that marrying Tim is where you need to be. It is the center of God's will for your life." Mm-hmm. And she said, "You will always be happier being married to Tim than you ever will be being home with Dad and me." Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Now that's. Bye bye. It's a comforting thought because after we got married and we left Denver and we ended up living in Boston for about five years and it was freezing cold and I had to walk to the train and I was not happy. (laughs) And I kept hearing those words. I am in the center of God's will and and this is the place of my greatest happiness, even if I'm freezing cold and I don't like Boston, but (laughs) I just knew that that's the place of my greatest happiness. And it kind of said to me, you know, buck up buttercup, let's get going.
3: Mm, Oh, I love that. Oh, man. So if you were mentoring us here (laughs) and I would say, well,
4: how do I discover what that path is? Mm
3: -hmm. What
4: would you say? You know, it's a hard question, but a simple answer. And I think Jesus said it best when he said, ask and it shall be given to you. Seek Mm -hmm. and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I learned while writing the book is how many places in the Bible God says, ask me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, call to me and I will show you great and mighty things that you do not know. And over and over and over again, there's so many times the Lord God is inviting his people just to ask him. Yeah. And I would say, to me, I, I have a very simple faith mm-hmm. and I take that at face value and I ask the Lord all kinds of things all the time. Yeah. But what yeah. I've learned and what I loved about this verse is it says, ask and it shall be given to you, seek yes. and you will yeah. find, knock, and those three words, Ask, seek, knock,
0: mm-hmm. spell
4: the word ask. If you, if, When no. I wrote it out, you know, one line at a time, I looked at the three words starting the sentence, and it said ask, and I thought, that's how important it is for us to ask. And it says in the Bible, you have not because you ask not. Mm-hmm. And again, I just, sometimes I wonder, what am I missing? Mm-hmm. And so I think, at, particularly, when you're raising your children, and I think about the things I would ask the Lord, you know, help me understand, one of the things I was thinking about this morning is there was a time I asked the Lord, if my children are doing anything wrong. Yes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) This is a dangerous prayer. It is a dangerous prayer.
3: Yet that (laughs) prayer, when I read that in the book, I was like, oh, I'm
4: praying that, but I am really scared to pray that. I I don't (laughs) want to know. I just thought at the time, you know, my children were in elementary school, junior high and high school. And I thought if they're doing anything wrong, Now is the time to know, because Mm -hmm. if they need to be corrected by us or by the school or by the Lord, Mm -hmm. their correction isn't going to impact their life forever. They're not going to jail for whatever it is they're doing wrong. And so that's why I began to pray, you know, God, just show me what I need to know. And if they're on the wrong path
0: Mm -hmm. and
4: headed in the wrong direction, you know, let us put the guardrails out and get them help them turn around. But the interesting thing, when I was teaching on this one time, there was a woman who heard me and she took it to heart. And about three weeks later, I met her husband in church and her son had gotten kicked out of school. And the husband oh. came up to me and he said, My wife blames you. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't cheat.
0: <laughs> she prayed.
4: Right. That if there was anything they needed, that he was doing, oh, any of their no. children were doing anything wrong, that they would be caught. And he got caught cheating, and he got kicked out of school. Oh. He wasn't cheating. He stole something out of people's He was stealing a lot of things out of people's lockers. And, you know, it's funny. I thought, well, where is he now? But oh. I just, again, I just feel like he was caught, and God God can correct right. the yeah. family, correct the child, and it's healthy. <laughs> it's a good thing.
2: Yeah, you're right. Bring things to the light at an early yeah. stage. Right. Uh, right, an early stage. So did God show you when you were asking those prayers? Did God show you anything about your children? Not that you have to throw <laughs> them under the bus, but I'm just wondering <laughs> right. when you're asking and asking and asking. I saw Him, God answer so many. Yeah, of
4: course He did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh. they were perfect. They all had halos. Yeah, right. So, you know, it was interesting because I was. We live on the water, and there was one instance where I was you know, looking out my window and I could see one of my children in my mind's eye. I felt like God was showing me that she was swimming away and that she was swimming away out of my reach and mm. to a place where I couldn't reach her. And it was like I felt like the Lord was saying, you know, putting an alarm in my heart that I really wow. needed to be paying attention to her, mm-hmm. to her friends, to the things that she was doing and begin to rein that in. Just put it under my microscope a little bit more yeah to it so I think that that would be one that's a uh, more of a general instance but there was a time when I was talking to one of my children and I said she was very little and I said I can tell by your eyes that you're lying because I thought she was telling me a lie so she closed her eyes and she said I'm not
0: lying <laughs> <laughs> oh,
5: that is cute I love that don't go anywhere we'll be right back with more rebel parenting
1: Hey Rebels, this portion of the podcast is brought to you by our friends at Save the Storks. Save the Storks helps moms with an unplanned pregnancy, and that's my story. I was an unplanned pregnancy. My birth mom was 16 and faced an uphill battle, and a pregnancy resource center in her area helped her carrying me all the way to fruition, and then helped adopt me into my family. And Save the Storks helps pregnancy resource centers across the country with stork buses, providing mobile ultrasound machines where four out of five moms choose life after seeing their baby on an ultrasound and hearing the heartbeat. Over 6,000 babies have been saved on stork buses. Please support Save the Storks with your prayers and visit SaveTheStorks.com to become a monthly sponsor. Join the movement and help us revolutionize the meaning of pro-life. For more information, visit SaveTheStorks.com.
5: Welcome back to Rebel Parenting. Did you miss us? Can
3: you dig into more? Because I know you talked about quite a few times in the book about having an impression or a feeling and what that looks like as a mom, just on a like, tangible piece because you know there's a lot of pushback of like god told me blah 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 or but it's so simple and you make it so simple in the book so i'd love for you to expand on that for the the moms that are like i don't know how to hear yeah Mm. again i think it's
4: so easy you don't know how to hear but again going back to just saying god help me understand or help Mm -hmm. me to hear. And again, going back to the whole thing about asking him, Mm -hmm. I'm trying to think of a tangible, is there one in the book you're thinking of that would be a tangible example?
3: I'm trying to remember right off the bat. I know it was done multiple times where you said, I just had a impression or he gave me a vision, the picture of the dandelion. Um, Yes.
4: Okay. But that wasn't my children, yeah. I would say impression is a better word than vision, okay. because I think, you know, I would say maybe the picture of the dandelion, I mean, how deep, and I'll tell that. What, tell you what that is, but, you know, a dandelion isn't exactly what I think visions are made of. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, vision was very simple, but I was sitting in church and thinking about our church had split, and everybody had gone different ways, and our, it was such a sad time, and I was stuck in this church that was so broken. And mm. yet my husband said, God hasn't called us to leave. So we were still there.
0: Mm. And I wanted
4: to go away with everybody. <laughs> but but we were there. And I started to sort of feel sorry for myself and thinking I'd led the Bible studies, I'd done all this stuff. And you know, does it really matter?
0: Mm-hmm.
4: And the Lord really gave me a picture of a dandelion in full seed. And it was like the wind, when the wind blows and takes the seeds and Some seeds, you know, I mean, I was thinking about people who had been in my Bible study who had left, and some had moved to Minnesota, Mm -hmm. and others moved to Los Angeles. And so there was a lot of it was people were just transient. And it just was so comforting to see that God was moving these people, whether they were going to the church down the street or whether they were going far away. Mm -hmm. New people were coming in, so it wasn't that no one was there. But when I sort of thought, came back, you know, probably lasted five seconds, and the scripture that was being, that was read right after I sort of started paying attention again was a sower went out to sow and some seeds on the hard ground. And I felt like God was just saying, it doesn't, you know, what really matters is that you do what I'm calling you to do.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: I'm taking you on this path. And so even if there are times when you're not happy or things aren't going the way you want them to go, stay with me walking mm-hmm. because I'm the path maker and I love you and I'm going to I'm going to do what's best for everybody. Yes.
2: I love that you say that sometimes even if you're not happy or you're not on, you might think you're not on the right path because it got hard. And you definitely have shared that that's not the case. It can be hard. It can be rocky. The path Mm -hmm. can be not what you expect.
4: Yeah, right. What you want. And one of the things when you were opening talking about your teenagers, you know, I guess one of the things that I thought about a lot is raising children. You know, it improves your prayer life. (laughs) And so (laughs) when when you're in the middle of praying, it improves your prayer life because it teaches you. There are times, you know, the Lord is always with your children, even when you're not. And mm -hmm. that was something else that I would say, you know, when my little girl would say, close her eyes and say, I'm not lying. The same little girl (laughs) said to me (laughs) one time, it's not fair. You pray that I'll get caught. And I'm always getting caught. My friends don't get caught. (laughs) Please stop praying Uh, for me. (laughs) Sorry. That's
2: a great prayer. I know. I love it. I'm going to use it on my children. Right. They'll, oh, they'll, they'll
4: come back to you. With, <laughs> pray it with them because it's wonderful for them to know that no matter where they are, what they're doing, the Lord is still with them. Yes. You know, Mom might not be there, but that doesn't mean they're footloose and fancy free. Oh, Right. Yes. <laughs>
3: yes, absolutely. And going back to the dark, darker times of the path, I would mm-hmm. love for you, if you don't mm-hmm. mind sharing a little bit of your story of growing up, just because I know there's a lot of people that listen in on Rebel Parenting that have really hard stories or trauma that they had to walk through in their journey. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I would love for you to offer that because it's such an amazing, amazing story.
4: Mm. Well, it's a hard story. Powerful. Yeah, It's a powerful story because the Lord came into the story. And I think it's powerful because... My mother really invited him in because she was so desperate. But the story is that when I was eight years old, I had we had a little sister. We lived, you know, in the mountains, and um, it was just a normal day, just like any other day. And I remember it so well. Those moments mm-hmm. where I was home watching Mickey Mouse Club, and you know, my mom was downstairs doing something with my brother, and my older sister came in and she said, "Laura has fallen asleep in the sandbox." And she was right outside the door. She was so close to me that it still traumatizes me mm-hmm. because she was so close, and yet, you know, terrible things happened.
0: Yeah.
4: And yeah. as and so my we called my mother. She came running up. She called instantly. Called our neighbors because she knew that you don't sleep in a sandbox. And of course, she ended up. She was dead. They took her, ran her down to a Children's Hospital. And so it was just shocking that just this healthy, beautiful two and a half year old child would be found dead in the sandbox mm-hmm. and so we were all grieving and trying to figure out you know so many of the questions and what happened because we just didn't know. Mm -hmm. And several weeks later, there were a couple of interesting things that happened. And one of them is my mother was on the phone and she was having a really terrible conversation with one of our neighbors and she hung up the phone. And she wasn't really a Christian at the time, but she said, oh, God, help me. Mm. Said just saying that like a lot of people just say it. Mm -hmm. She said the presence of God really for the first time in her life just filled Mm. That filled her, and she felt like the Lord was saying, I will take you through this. And so, mm-hmm. then that, that I think began to open her mind to looking for where the Lord is in navigating the deep grief and navigating the questions that were coming, going to be coming. Mm-hmm. So, they did an autopsy on Laura, and they, you know, we had a family meeting, and they, they discovered. That there had been children's handprints that were found covering her mouth and around her neck, mm-hmm. and um, and we had taken a, a troubled child home that day from school. You know, he was supposed to go home. I mean, he we lived in in the mountains, so that he walked home, and mm-hmm. you know, we never thought a thing about it. I think what happened is he stayed. She was just right again at the back door, and I think he came in. And I don't know. He came from an abusive family. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know if she cried and he wanted to quiet her or if he was taking something out on her that had been done to him. I don't know what happened. Yeah. But his strength, the little eight-year-old boy, mm-hmm. you know, killed her.
0: Wow. So then
4: we had all, I mean, that was, we were in a tiny mountain community. And so the whole neighborhood is in an uproar over this and everybody's picking sides, mm. going through it. And eventually there were some women who started to pray for my mother and her grief because she said to me when I was a teenager, you know, 10 years after the fact that if she hadn't found the forgiveness of Christ, she would have killed herself. Mm
0: -hmm. And
4: it was so shocking because in those 10 years since that death, My mother founded an international business, which is still thriving today. You know, she was the champion, you know, tennis player at our tennis club. And she was such a leader in so many ways. And the thought that she would have been that desperate to even think about suicide. But she said she couldn't because she had other children at home and she had to keep going. Mm. And I think God was, you know, it's such a... I guess what I see in that is I see, you know, we lived in this perfect little life and evil came into our world and just shattered it. Yeah. And then what what was great is that we still had, I mean, we didn't even know the Lord at that time. That was amazing. So we weren't really calling out to him at that point.
0: Mm-hmm. You know,
4: we were just trying to survive and figure it out. But eventually my mother did, went to the Bible study. The people prayed for her. She did become a Christian. And then we started to go to this little tiny church, in Golden, Colorado, Mm. (laughs) and you know little by little Mm. you know we were able to begin to piece our life back together again. But it's funny because I think even years later, even decades later, I still don't understand it, but what I do know is I see it is that the Lord is the God of new life. You know what I see in our life is that we experienced death, Mm -hmm. and yet there was the new life he brought in Christ you know, to my parents, to, you know, our siblings, to children and grand- and even grandchildren now,
0: mm-hmm.
4: you know, and I just think I still grieve over our loss and wonder why,
0: mm-hmm.
4: but I can also hold on to the faithfulness of God that he never left us and that as we continue to walk toward him on the path that he came, you know, that we met him and he He has healed us mm-hmm. and for Mm. Even in, and it's, that to me is mysterious and miraculous. Yeah, um, absolutely. For
3: sure. Well, cool. and you share a little bit too about just your mom's forgiveness.
4: Oh yeah. Um, I forgot. Yeah. I, That's the yeah, powerful part. That is She was, after she became a Christian and she experienced the forgiveness of Christ, there was a time when she felt, you know, after a while that the Lord said to her that she needed to forgive the boy who had killed her daughter. And That was so hard. That was like almost impossible Mm -hmm. for her to do it because and the reason was that she had no forgiveness for him at all. Mm -hmm. And so she prayed about it and she loved the Lord enough or she was getting to know him enough to know, you know, he was with her. So she said to the Lord, I can't, Mm -hmm. but I'm willing. And if you will give me forgiveness, because I have none, if you will give me the forgiveness for him and the opportunity to forgive him, I am willing to do it.
0: Wow. And of
4: course, wow. you, you pray a prayer like that. And what do you think is going to happen? You know, a couple of weeks later, she looked out the window and the only time ever she saw him by himself in front of our house was that one day. Wow. And she knew that God was saying, I have arranged this for you. Mm-hmm. So she called to him and she went out and talked to him and she said, I just want you to know that we forgive you. Mm -hmm. And then the amazing thing is she put her arm around him and she said, and we love you. And she said she never expected to say that to him. But when she saw him looking, because, we, you know, they were family friends, Mm. Uh, but she saw him and she just, I think she had this love of the Lord that overcame her. And I think when she extended forgiveness, she was filled with love for him. I mean, oh. I don't know that they ever spoke again after that day. He never said anything to her, mm. and he ran away, he left, and we lived in the same community, probably for another eight years after that. but we you know, I don't know that my mother ever ever had any communication with him again, but the best part is that she experienced freedom, mm-hmm. yeah, and by following the guidance of the Lord in forgiving the boy and obeying him and doing what he'd asked her to do, she was free to live. And I think there are people who experience loss, and I have friends who've experienced, you know, the loss of a child, and they're still grieving and dying inside. Mm -hmm. And I'm so grateful because when the Lord gave my parents, my mother first, and my father next, new life in Christ, we all were able to sort of, touch on that, some of that healing mm-hmm. in our own mm-hmm. lives and in our own experiences. Again, it's just miraculous. Yeah, right. That's huge. You know, God, you know, he brings, Jesus, he brings life from death. And and I think in any situation that we face, mm-hmm. we always have, if we're partnering with the Lord, we always have that hope mm-hmm. that He bringing new life into things that we think are hopeless
2: yeah oh i think that story brings so much hope oh my goodness To all our listeners yeah and to me i mean it just ministers to me like oh yeah the grace
3: of god is huge
2: it's It's huge
4: Mm -hmm. and it's unending and it's boundless
3: Mm. yes it's almost like a holy moment like let's just pause and mm. don't go
5: anywhere we'll be right back with more rebel parenting
1: Oh, Rebels, can you believe summer is almost over? I know we think about getting healthy in the summertime. I think about it when school starts. That's when we've got so much to do. And our sponsor this month, Take Care Of, at takecareof.com slash rebelparenting, helps you get back in that groove. I've taken their online quiz. It was super easy. I don't even know if it took me five minutes. And here's what I'm going to tell you. This should be easy, but it's hard to find out what supplements should I take, what vitamins am I missing. Well, I went to my doctor and took a blood test, and then I took the test at TakeCareOf.com slash Rebel Parenting. They came up with the exact same vitamins and supplements I should be taking. Blood test versus five minutes online It didn't cost me anything. It was so great, and you can see a difference. All their stuff is so personalized. The box that came in was personalized. Every little vitamin pack I have each day has my name on it. It's got a little quote. I love taking those, and I am feeling healthier because of it. I love this sponsor. I hope you'll check them out at TakeCareOf.com slash Rebel 25% off your first order. That's TakeCareOf.com slash Rebel for 25% off your first order.
5: Welcome back to Rebel Parenting. Did you miss us? I did want to touch back
2: on parenting because it really spoke to me about how you chose to parent your younger kids and the words you used. And (laughs) because I I have a strong spirited child. And so I was (laughs) like, oh, I like this. I like what she's going on this trail. Is there any way you could share with our listeners and our moms out there?
4: Well, yeah, and, and I guess I will credit my mother with this one because she was the one that pointed out that my words were not exactly building up my children. Mm. And I, I would say to my mother, I cannot believe what a brat
0: she is. You know?
4: <laughs> she's impossible. You know, she doesn't do a thing I say, and I would complain to her. About, I mean, I had five children; so I had lots of reasons to complain. <laughs> but she said to me one time, she said, "Lisa." what you say is what you get mm. and she said if you call your child a brat you're going to get a brat mm. and if you ch- call your child impossible you know you're speaking this over them and they're going to behave just that way for you mm. and it was really a you know it was really a sobering moment because she'd heard me describe how horrible all my children were not all horrible but just how hard, hard. they were yeah hard <laughs> yeah. they were wonderful children and I began to think about if I have a child who's I, who I was calling a brat... I really needed to see that she had a mind of her own. She knew what she wanted. She was decisive, you know, and I could see some of her strong personality characteristics in a really positive way. Mm. And as she's grown up, they have served her so well. She's a leader, Mm. you know, and she has, she has, you know, she's the one that I used to say, I can't wait till you have children of your own. (laughs) Revenge. has a four-year-old, a a six-year-old, four-year-old, and twin two-year-olds, And
0: so
4: now she's but I just for all of us, you know, if when I would speak words like, you know, you're decisive or you're a leader, they rose to fulfill those that impression. And it made me feel better about them too. Mm. You know, because if I call my child a brat, I don't like her. Yeah. Mm. But if I she is a leader and she knows what she wants. I'm gonna cheer her on. I'm gonna be excited about that. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, for
2: sure. I thought totally. That's what it is with my daughter. I see the uh, strong spirit in her, and as soon as I can focus on the positive, then I'm then
4: I keep seeing it. Uh huh.
0: Right. And I
4: would say the same thing. I mean, if you tell me, you know, you like me, I'm gonna, I, you know, you <laughs> know. But if you say you hate me, I'm gonna probably behave that way, you know, badly <laughs> too. Yeah. I mean, right. I think it's limited. Well, that it isn't limited to children; it also works with husbands. Yes, you know, oh, yes. <laughs> you know. I think to speak the same positive words to your husband uh-huh. gets you. It just strengthens your relationship. Mm. Where if you say some of the things that I might be thinking, I could really damage the relationship. For sure.
3: Well, it reminds me of we did a book study called "Rebel Upgrade" on the Kindness Challenge, and so for a month <laughs> we had to say something kind to spouse or child, but it does, it elevates your whole perspective of who they are and it makes them rise to the occasion. Mm. It's such a neat and powerful like identity speaking over our kids. It
4: really. And so what you say is what you get. I mean, my mother was saying it in kind of a negative way, you know, watch your words. But I think in the same way as you watch your words feed your children, Mm -hmm you know, you're going to fortify them.
0: Absolutely. Yes. Oh,
4: amen.
2: Yes. So can I ask you, who do you feel in your life mentored
4: you? That's a good question. Um, it has to be my mother. Yes. <laughs> you, know? That's awesome. so why? <laughs> yeah. you know, it's, it's funny because I don't think I ever wanted her I didn't want to be her protege,
0: mm-hmm.
4: but, again, when I think about the things that she would say and how she led her life, her, you know, we lived in the mountains. My father worked in Denver. You know, she didn't have a car. She had, there was a lot, she had, there were a lot of issues, you know, that she was had to overcome mm-hmm. to create a happy home when maybe there were times, there were times she wasn't very happy. Mm-hmm. But I think, again, watching her mm-hmm. uncover a faith in Christ and watching that faith in Christ plant in her life and see her, you know, really bloom and blossom mm-hmm. because of it. it was, it really, and, and I think about it sometimes she became such as she is still, you know, she's 93, but a very Aww. strong Christian. And I think, you know, it ta- the Bible talks about be- bearing fruit. And I think she was a strong tree for the Lord, but she was a very fruitful tree And I think people, and this would be something, people who are close, were close to her, you know, her little fruit would plant in their gardens Mm. and they themselves became fruitful with wisdom, with insight and as well. So it's just, you know, mom was so much fun and and her house was always a mess (laughs) and I
0: hated that.
4: (laughs) But what was important to her was really, you know, raising children and creating a life that was rich in experience and in wisdom and in fun mm. and in more. Yeah. Lord. <laughs> yeah.
3: Oh, that speaks volumes to us. It does. Okay. So here's probably our last question because mm-hmm. we're running out of time, but you exude joy. Yes. Absolutely. Out of every orifice <laughs> of your being. <laughs> so can you touch on, as in the book, you talk a little bit about What's the difference between achieving joy and receiving joy? Because I just want what you have. Yeah. <laughs> Can you just share a little bit of that fruit?
4: Yeah. Well, I, I don't even remember what I really said about achieving joy, but I think of joy is a gift from the Lord, and the Bible tells us the joy of the Lord is our strength.
0: Yes. And I've
4: really thought about what it is about joy mm-hmm. and the joy of the Lord is being close to the Lord. It's being confident in his love, confident in his path Mm -hmm.
0: that he walks
4: before us on the path. He's prepared a great way for us and our path, with the Lord has a wonderful destination. Mm -hmm. And I think that joy provides the strength for me to keep trusting him Mm -hmm. and to keep following him. But I think also the joy is fortified when we're, when we're in a Bible believing church Mm -hmm. and when we, when we're in Bible studies or when we go to Sunday school. So I think we are responsible for feeding that joy by using the tools and the resources that surround us. And so, When I think about the, you know, being in the center of God's will is the place of my greatest happiness, or or I could say the place of my greatest joy. I go back to what we said at the very beginning. I asked the Lord, and I, you know, today I was taking a walk, you know, go with me today, show me where you are, Mm -hmm. help me know Mm -hmm. what to do. And so I pray those things, you know, they're sort of my prayers for the day Mm -hmm. because that joy of of having the love of the Lord, being loved by Him. Mm -hmm. And being Mm. confident in his love and presence. That's all gifts we receive. We can't manufacture that. It's just being in that relationship with the Lord Mm -hmm. that puts us in a place where we can receive his joy.
0: Mm.
4: You know, to me, when I'm trying to achieve something, it feels like a diet Mm. where I'm (laughs) (laughs) I'm working hard and exercising. And I think I'm happy. I think I'm happy. I think I'm (laughs) joyful. <laughs> and I want to make myself joyful and then of course I'm so frustrated because you can't right. you know joy is a gift from god you know love joy peace patience kindness goodness mm-hmm. you know those are mm-hmm. you know that's a fruit of the holy spirit being in your life and it's something we just receive and we say thank you and we say bring it on I want more yeah <laughs> amen,
2: amen. I'll well, Lisa, that. thank you so much for being with us today and inspiring us and helping us as moms. We just thank you for all you're doing. and Yes.
4: just I thank you for what you're doing because I have loved being with you. Oh, it's thanks. really <laughs> it's been a wonderful experience. And I really will pray that God will just bless and multiply your outreach and your ministry because you're doing great things. Awesome. So thank you. I hope to see you again. God bless
3: Absolutely. you. Absolutely.
1: Thanks for listening, Rebels. We love you. We appreciate you. Thanks for sharing the podcast. We are growing every month because you share this with your friends and family. Man, do we appreciate that. Love getting your emails. Love praying over your troubles and trying to help where we can. If you need any help, it's at help at rebelparenting.org. Also, special thanks to The Voice of the Martyrs, persecution.com. The Voice of the Martyrs. Helping those being persecuted around our globe for more than 50 years years. God bless Rebels. We'll see you soon.
5: Rebel Parenting is produced by Rebel Media House and when you need a little help with your marriage or parenting, and everyone does, you can find it at rebelparenting.org. Sign up for the Rebel Update by texting the word rebel to 444 That's R-E-B-E-L. And the number is 444 We love it when you share Rebel Parenting with your friends and family. So thank you. God bless. Thanks for spending your time with us. And we'll see you next time for another episode of Rebel Parenting.